Welcome to the inaugural season of the Bruin Shaver Sports Podcast, where for 30 minutes once a week, we talk about all the things that make us love sports, the games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you're listening. And now, here's Ben and Darren. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast, where we talk about everything sports related, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the not so fun, uh, the great moments, the so-so moments. Uh, but Darren, you know, I'm still kind of on a high from the Kentucky Derby. Did you watch that this weekend? Such a fun thing to watch. And did you see the, the overhead view? That was mm. the thing that really blew my mind to see, Staggering. To see that horse just like. Oh, well, oh, my turn. And then it just kind of moves through everything. It was really an incredible thing. Instant reaction. Greatest upset in sports history? I, I think it has to be. Was it 80 to 1? It, it was. It, I mean, it was top three in however many, almost, almost 150 Insane. years. It's absolutely incredible. Right. I mean, uh, we watched probably the first 30, 45 minutes before mm-hmm. the race just kind of had it out in the background. And that name was never mentioned. You, you didn't have yeah, a clue. Rich strike. Yeah, right? you, you didn't have a clue. You know, all the conversation was about Epicenter and, you know, who had throughout the process of the day had become the favorite. And then all of a sudden, here's just like, oh, 80 to 1. Okay, right. yeah, that's a win. <laughs> it's one of the greatest upsets, but I oh, still am I'm, going to I'm rest my case on the 1980 mm-hmm. U.S. men's Olympic hockey team. Still the greatest upset ever when they beat the Soviets. And I'm still going to go 1984 Vanderbilt over Tennessee. But anyway, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sending a commemorative photo of that victory to to Vladimir Putin just to you know, pour salt in the wound. Let him know what's going on. Yeah, right? exactly. So... We appreciate you all joining us today. We're already having a good time, and we are so excited about the episode uh, today. And and that's because of our guest, David Neesmith, who is a retired referee for 37 years on the high school level, junior college level, Division I, Division II college level, arena football, and Canadian Football League. That's a lot of officiating. So welcome, David. Thank you for joining us on the show. Well, listen, I, I appreciate it, but but in all honesty, I begin to question y'all's judgment asking <laughs> asking an official to be here. Have y'all lost your minds? We've got you in a, dis- in a non-disclosed location. <laughs> it's just us talking. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> all right. Isn't it interesting? A referee, you can you can take him out of the profession, but you can't take the profession out of him. He's already <laughs> questioning our judgment. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. He's our, he's. We're, we're three minutes in. He's throwing a flag on the plate. That's, That's right. You, y'all deserve it. What can I say? So, David, we talk a lot about college football on this podcast, and um, and we don't talk a whole lot about the officiating side of things. And so that's that's what we wanted to spend some time talking to you about because thirty seven years, you must have a zillion different memories and stories. But let's go back to the very beginning. How how did you get into officiating? Well, it uh, it came down to one of those uh, weak moment things, and it's like, um, you know, I'm out in East Texas, young guy, and I'm playing softball, you know, and uh, I get picked up on a uh, travel team. So I'm like, okay, this is great. Unbeknownst to me at the time, the guy, the manager in charge of that thing was the supervisor of officials out there. I had no idea. So he calls me up one time, and he says, hey, you ever think about getting in officiating? And I went. Oh, those guys are crooked, you know, <laughs> no, no way. No, I'm not doing that. And I said, I'll tell you what, his name was PA, PA Thomas. But anyway, PA says, well, 
he says, I can send you a book and all that. And I said, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Send me a book. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I want to get out there and be good at it, you know, but I don't want to just kind of flounder around. So we go another year, end of the season. He says, you thought about doing that? And I said, nah, I, I really want to, I want to get ready for it. You know, that's all I can say. So, um, so we, I was sitting there at work one afternoon, Thursday afternoon, it was about three o'clock and he says, uh, you ever thought about getting officiating? I said, well, not really. He says, you don't understand how this works, do you? And I said, <laughs> evidently not. <laughs> he said, I've already got your uniform. It's sitting on your front porch. I want you to go put it on and I want you to be at Pittsburgh, Texas at six o'clock tonight. Okay. <laughs> and you've got a double header. And I said, what? Wow. I said, no, no test. Nope. Just show up. And I went, okay. So I show up. Well, I, I looked, the uniform was huge on me. <laughs> huge. And the two veterans are in there. Oh my gosh. They looked at me and go, first game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They spotted you in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they first game. Hmm. Okay. Got it. He said, uh, don't be offended by this, but uh, give me your flag. And I said, okay. Now give me your whistle. Okay. And that was the best thing they did for me. <laughs> That's the best thing ever happened. I'm clueless what's going on. Because oh, it's fantastic. different from playing versus officiating. Absolutely. Way different. Whole different ballgame. So anyway, I thought, well, I'll be all right. But anyway, that's how I got into it. Now, there's two ways to ask that question. Uh, like you did, the most casual people. How did you get into officiating? As I got older and started officiating more, coaches would say the same question, but they would say it differently. How did you get into officiating? It's all about the emphasis. Which words you emphasize. Yeah, exactly. So, David, did you play sports? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, football was, was my love. Uh, track was the only thing I was really good at. And uh, I played men's softball, but that didn't count. But, uh, but yeah, I was uh, loved it. I mean, I fell in love with uh, playing free safety and running back. Oh, man. And uh, really, really funny story. I was one of these little kids, wasn't big enough to do anything, and I'm sitting on the bench. And finally, you know, you have the, what they call the kickoff coverage in practice. So the varsity's kicking off and the JV's getting killed. I'm over there going, I'm tired of sitting here. Hello. I'm tired. Of and so the coach, go in there and return, okay? Let them kill you. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. So we, the kickoff the first time comes to me. So I'm going, I'm not going to get hit. So I scored a touchdown in practice. In practice. So I thought, okay. I can so do that. I can do that. So the guy's coach is mad. Okay, kick off again. Varsity, kill him, kill him. So he kicked it off to me. Did another one, another touchdown. Wow. And so the coach comes over and he says, who are you? You know, he didn't even know who I was. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm just out here. He says, well, we're going to kick it to you again. And uh, I just want you to get ready, you know, because you're going to need treatment. And I said, okay. <laughs> so they kicked, they kicked it to me four more times, returned it four more touchdowns, six yep, more touchdowns. And the last one, he said, okay, if he makes it this time, all varsity is going to run. <laughs> oh. oh, and then he turns to the JV and he says, in case y'all thinking about laying down, if you don't score, you're going to run. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa, it got yeah. real intense. <laughs> Boy, that seventh one, it was it was murder. But I got to the end but zone. You got it. I got oh, to the end awesome. zone. So he comes over, he says, okay, you're returning all the punts, all the kickoffs, 
you're it. I don't know who you are yet, but that's good enough. <laughs> when I learn your name, we're going to talk a yeah, lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, I was too little to play. You know? um, anyway, well, apparently it. not. You were little yeah. enough to get through spaces <laughs> that other people get couldn't get through. Yeah, it was so, fun. It was fun. So when you started out, you started out in high school. When that yeah, they okay. they basically I'm I'm a classic. You know, you start out with Pee Wee, and then you work your way up, and you do all that. But you know, when they need officials at every level, you know. Mm -hmm. So I would I would do Pee Wee one day, and there was sometimes I'd do Pee Wee in the morning and college in the evening. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just how it wow. worked. You know, you just go okay, whatever. But it's just a classic. You know, you work your way up from the bottom. I did, mm -hmm. right? And the hardest thing was getting into junior college. I never dreamed it would be that difficult, but it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a pretty kind of a, a steep difference when you're on that, you know, doing high school, middle school, peewee, you know, popcorn yeah. or whatever, then to make that level the, to, to that junior the, college. The jump to college is tough. Right. Okay. It is. But now once you get on tape, you're, you're, you're set free because once they see you, you're okay. But getting seen on tape is difficult sometimes. And that's, that's the hard part. But once you get on tape, the division twos and ones pick you up and yeah, they say, here's the tape. What do you think? You know, and that's, that makes it easier. But boy, getting on tape is tough. <laughs> and now, when you first start out in that kind of JUCO level, are you are you different crews, or do you become a part of a crew pretty quickly, or how does? Oh that... yeah, you start out in a crew. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're you're going to be in a crew. They actually they do crews in high school too. Okay. So it worked out really well. I, I loved it. But uh, officiating, it, it's an addiction. I, I'll, I'll tell all my audience. If you're going to get into it, you're going to get addicted to it. And yeah. uh, it, it's something that you love and hate and love and hate at the same time, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, but the memories that I have, I, I wouldn't trade for anything. I would not trade for it at all, for anything. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I can testify to, to David's focus when he is on the field officiating. <laughs> A few years back, we had an Arena League football team here in Shreveport, Bossier, called the yeah. Battle Wings. Yeah. And so uh, some of us guys from church would go out <laughs> to the games, and David would work some of these games. And we would we would yell from the stands, Hey, Neesmith! <laughs> what kind of call was that? That was horrible! And he never once acknowledged us. Never once. But I swear he heard us. I know you had to, but the man was laser-focused on what he was doing. And, uh, on that same note, um, I was down at Northwestern, and uh, it's one of these things where, you know, it's not a really loud crowd, and I'm on the sidelines. And at that time, I was what they called a side judge, okay, deep coverage. And I hear this voice, and it, and it sounds like a mockingbird or something, but it says, hey, side judge, you stink. It didn't say stink, but you stink, you know. <laughs> and it just kept on and on and on. And, and one of the rules, you never look up. Right. Never, never. That's one of the rules. You never do. And so I kept going, oh, my gosh. So, so we, the, you know, the referees have huddles. They're going, Who's that up there? Your your dad? Your brother? <laughs> who, who's up there? Man, they are carrying you high. And I said, I don't know who it is, but I'm not looking up there. You know, I don't. But they were all over. They'd follow me all the way up and down the field. I go, oh my gosh, who is this? So, so I come to work Monday morning, and I'm in the office, and this guy comes in my office, introduces himself, and he said, I'm so and so. I said, uh, okay, uh, what, what's the deal? He said, Well, I saw you down there at Northwestern, and I said, Really? 
He said, you won me $20. I said, how's that? He said, my buddy bet me that you'd make me make me turn around by hollering at him. And he said, thank you. I won $20. I you said, do I get a cut? <laughs> no. Nice. We went to a minor league baseball game in Mississippi one time. It's very small crowd. And the home plate umpire, um, the third base ump was out of position for whatever reason. And the home plate umpire ended up being the one calling a foul ball on a home run. And he missed it. I mean, everybody in the place knew that he had called a, what was obviously a foul ball a home run. And the other the other umpires get together and reverse it. But because it was such a small crowd, I mean, every heckle just echoed it. I felt so bad for that. And this is like third inning. So for the remainder of the game, anytime anybody had something to say, it would just echo. But what you're saying – he never looked up. He never acknowledged <laughs> no, anything. He never, never turned. Never, he stayed never. in his zone and did his never. job. I had respect for him. By the time the game was over, it's like, man, that dude, I, I bet he didn't sleep. He had to be nervous because, I mean, you, everything echoed that was said to him. Well, you know, speaking of personalities, what? who were some of the better college players that you officiated that, that later moved on into the NFL? Uh, great question. Um I hesitate to name some because I know there's so many I left out, but it's very difficult, you know, to, to remember everybody you come into, mm -hmm. but there's always a few that, that stand out. Derek Carr uh, at the time was at Fresno and mm -hmm. uh, he, he just took over a game and he was really that good. And uh, same way, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Nevada, mm -hmm. uh, that guy, he just dominates the game with his arm and his legs. And interesting I uh, had a nice conversation with Kaepernick uh, right before the game. You, you learn real quick. If you got the stripes on, they'll talk to you. Uh, they, they, they will talk to you till you can't talk anymore, you know. But we got to talking, and then uh, he was uh, a very nice gentleman and, and such a change from what I see today. But, you know, anybody asked me if he's a good guy, I'd say, yeah, he's a great guy. I, I've never seen, that, never seen a change like that in a player, you know. But anyway, and uh, – we had a nice conversation. Uh, Philip Rivers, oh, uh, NC State, uh, his last game. He's doing, we're doing a bowl game, and uh, he's, he's breaking all kinds of records. And I talked to him for the game, and I was watching him pass. And I said, can, can I say something? He said, I already know what you're going to say. I said, what do you mean? He says, I throw the ball like a javelin. I said, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I went. I've never seen anything like that because he would. He would pull it right back by his ear, just like a javelin, and throw it. Deadly accurate. Don't get me wrong. Just say it worked deadly, out. Yeah. Deadly accurate. And uh, and uh, he said, "Well, he said that that's all good and well, but you know, he says I'll get it to him. You know, yeah. and I thought, mm -hmm. well, okay, I'm, I'm playing deep, and I'm going, yeah, right. I'll see this. Sure enough, he would throw it into double coverage. Didn't matter one bit, mm -hmm. and he put it right wow. on the money. So so at the end of the game. They start, you know, he's getting his accolades. He broke this record. He broke this record. He, oh, and he broke just about every record in NC State, you know. And so he's coming off the field for the last time. And he just happens to see me. He says, I told you I could hit him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, congratulations. Wow. That's great. That's now, awesome. now, I've heard rumors that, that Philip Rivers was a tremendous trash talker. But didn't use I, profanity. Did you ever I, witness well, that? Well, see, when I'm back judge and quarterback, we're yeah. way apart. We never. Yeah. And and if, even if he did, they, they'd ignore it anyway. Yeah. You know, they would. <laughs> they'd go, no, no, no. Unless you get really carried away, you're going to 
to go backwards in the officiating, you said you were a back judge. Now yeah. you're on the back side of the defense, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. like the free safety. Okay. Yeah, and, a, and is that where you kind of work the most, or did that's you where do I, a little bit of everything? Well, that's where I started out. Okay. And then as you move up, you go where the options, where the openings are. So I ended up going line judge later, but it was good because you understood what they were doing and gave you a real concept of what the, what you were doing on line of scrimmage. By far, the line of scrimmage is much harder because <laughs> you got so many things happening right there at the snap. You go, whoa, okay. But uh, that's not to say the other guys are not important. It's just that there's so much happening right there for that split second. What are you watching as the back judge? Oh, the back judge? You're always looking at the, the tight end and the and – the, uh, uh, the side where they have the most receivers. So you always favor that side. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you always have, everybody has their keys, you know, and uh, there's there's no thing left undone. Everybody knows what everybody's looking at. And so for that first, what we call through the linebackers, everybody has an assignment. And after you get past the linebackers, it all turns into zone. You know, it's zone coverage is all it amounts to. Mm -hmm. wow. but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's all covered. The mechanics are stressed over and over and over again. And, and really, the, uh, the the times when you think it's a bad call is because you're out of position. You know, because if you're in position, you can make the right call. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so as the back judge, though, you get you get screamed at the most for pass interference, correct? Yeah, but you're so far away from everybody, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. So when you get screamed, when you become line judge, you get screamed at for holding. It's oh, totally, yeah. They're yeah, right yeah. there in your ear. Yeah. That's a totally you know, different it's, story. It's funny how that, that he, you know, is early in your career, you're just like, I'm glad I'm away from those coaches, you know. But then you get a little older and you go a little wiser, and you, you love being on the sidelines because those coaches are hilarious what they come up with, you know, and that's where you get all your stories, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, those coaches are, they're, they're so, uh, they're so intense, you know, and, uh, and, and I realize it's a job they have to do. And, uh, but it seems like the higher you went up the ladder, the smarter they got and the more respect they had for you as an official. Whereas if you go down lower, they they're still fighting to to make it to the next level and they're questioning everything you know and you know it's just it's just how, just how different that is wow and, and I'll, I'll ask another uh, question you said the smartest coaches uh, one of the, or the dealing with smart coaches you uh, you had brought up before uh all fair skip holds which oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of and, <laughs> and one of the things you'd said about him is it's just how intelligent i guess his approach to the game is as yes far as yes uh it, you know there's there's a lot of smart coaches out there but uh skip had that uh calm presence of you know and he knew the rules as good as anybody you know for example uh there would be a foul on the play and as a courtesy we'd have to tell the coach okay so and so was doing this and that and i'd go get the number and relay it by the time i got back to the bench he'd say Oh, yeah, I saw that holding, number 89, wasn't it? I said, yeah, <laughs> sure was. Yeah, you saw that? Yeah, I saw that. Well, what he said, and we had a what what they call a chop block. And you know what chop block, a high-low type mm -hmm. thing. He saw that. And I was going, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, but Skip uh, is, uh, we, our history goes way back to when he was in East Carolina. And uh, mm -hmm. he, he is such a, a student of the game. Right. I, that's all you can say. And um, I, I thought I was going to be in trouble with him one time. I had a – it was one of those desperation games where it's fourth down and they need to score and just got to get there. 
and it's 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 do or die time. And so they run a sweep to my sideline, and the ball pops out. Oh, this is trouble. And it's still in bounds. And uh, the uh, the halfback, the guy that didn't have the ball, picks it up and starts run, runs it in for a touchdown. And I go, uh, everybody goes, whoa! <laughs> the whole bench goes crazy. Everybody on the field, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? So I explained to the head guy, I said, look, it's fourth down fumble rule. You know, you fumble it on fourth down, only the fumbler can pick it up and advance it. Oh, wow. And so what happens is another guy picked it up, dead ball right there. You're dead. So I'm like, okay, but I see in the corner of my eye, I see here, here comes Skip. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. And so uh, he just comes up behind me. I thought, well, here goes. He said, fourth down fumble rule? I said, yes, sir. He says, good call. And I said, yeah. He says, I don't like it, but still a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Skip is Im- impressive, you know. And uh, one guy I, I forgot to mention, uh, one of the players, Doug Flutie, mm. one of my favorites. Uh, oh, yeah. Ran yeah, into yeah. him in the Canadian League. Mm. And uh, it seemed like everywhere Doug went, the Grey Cup followed. You know, yeah, <laughs> it man. just, he was that good. But I've never seen a guy that all of them can throw over a lineman. He, when he could throw it under their armpits, you know, he could <laughs> just like that. So interesting story. Uh, he would uh, always, uh, he always knew who the back, people were the back judge side judge and field judge because there he's now make sure they he, he knew everybody's name you know make sure dave that uh, they don't hold my guy out there you know he'd make sure <laughs> but he knew everybody he'd mm-hmm. make sure he knew he talked to us he, he was that smart mm-hmm. but uh but we uh we met later at the liberty boat and so uh, so we shake hands and he's coming down the road so and so and he shook my hand and he went oh we've met before I said, well, it's been a few years, but yeah, we've met before. You know, I thought well, he doesn't remember me. He looked at me and he says, wait a minute. I never forget a face. And I went, oh boy, here he goes. He said, side judge down at Shreveport. And I went, wow. <laughs> wow. I said, he said, I don't remember your name, but I remember the face. I said, wow. I mean, that's impressive. So then I thought, well, that's the end of the conversation. No, he says, no, no, I got a question for you. You still remember all those Canadian rules? I said, well, yeah, they don't leave, you know. He said, I got a question for you. He says, on third down, you only get three downs in the CFL. On third down, can I just, as a punter, just go up there to the line of scrimmage and just kick it barely across the line and recover it? I said, well, that's the rule in, in the Canadian League. You just kick it over the line of scrimmage, and the punter is allowed to go recover it. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what happened? You get a bad call? No, no, the coach wouldn't let me run it. I said, what? I said, oh, wait a minute, Doug, think about it. If you do that, you're going to get killed. Uh, (laughs) You're on the bottom of that pile. You're going to get killed. He says, yeah, you're right. Never mind. (laughs) So how did CFL come about? How was that? I just uh, came up. Well, it came in with the Shreveport team, Shreveport Pirates. And so they wanted to have more officials in the South, so to speak. So we go to San Antonio, Birmingham. Uh, We go to Canada every once in a while, Montreal, all the different places. But uh, that's how that came up. And it was, uh, it's a very exciting, exciting game. Oh, uh, the Canadian League, it's it's worth watching. It it really is. It's very exciting. Three downs for a first. The defensive lineman has to have to be one yard off the ball. And it's just a wide open game. It is. It's just. And now their their, uh, end zones are bigger. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew there was something like that. And then, and they still have the, uh, 
the goalposts up toward the front. Is that correct? And no, they're on the back. They're on the back. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and this, I think it was, uh, uh, I had my first rouge, you know, which you go, what is a rouge? Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's a one point where you know it was in a game and oh my gosh, the guy uh, they try a field goal and it fails. Okay. And it's in the end zone. Well, if they if they tackle the guy in the end zone, that's a safety. Mm. Now, unbeknownst to me, the guy the re, guy that received the failed uh, field goal, he punts it back. And I'm going, what? Okay. In college football, that's illegal. But right. I'm just going to not blow my whistle. <laughs> <laughs> so he punts it, and he punts it. Un- unfortunately, kicks it back to the the original kicker. And he kicks it again. And I go, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so the Canadian guys with the experience came in and said, oh, that's a one-point rouge. And I said, really? What's the signal? <laughs> I went, really? Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, boss, I, I'm here. Anyway, that was my first experience of a one-point rouge. I was going, wow. Oh. It almost feels like the Canadian guys were like pulling one over on you. That's what it felt like. I watched three guys okay. kicking back and forth to each other. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, Doug was a, a, a fine, fine, uh, fine guy. Just uh, I can't say enough about him. That's awesome. And David, I know you got more stories about Doug Flutie, including one at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. But before we get to that, let's pause right now for this week in sports history. In Game 6 of the 1977 World Series, Reggie Jackson solidified his nickname Mr. October. But six years later, on May 13, 1983, Reggie Jackson reached a milestone that he, most likely, was not as excited to claim. He became the first Major League Baseball player to strike out 2,000 times. He finished his career with 563 home runs and 2,000 597 strikeouts, 13 more strikeouts than hits. Oh, thank you. David, you mentioned a story with Doug Flutie uh, at the Liberty Bowl. Tell us a little bit. Of, tell us, tell us that story. We want to hear it. Oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it, Doug was the announcer at that time, and, you know, he, he was Mr. Congeniality, and it just really worked well. I mean, he, he was uh, he was just getting started in the, in the booth, you know, and but he was he was always wanting to know who's the officials and all this good stuff. And it was just uh, he, he's just a great announcer. You know, that's all you can say. And um, the, the things that's, that I remember about that that Liberty Bowl, this was uh, South Carolina, Steve Spurrier was the coach, and he was going up against Houston. And the coach at that time was Art Bryles, okay? And so uh, so these two guys, veteran veteran coaches, veteran coaches. Well, uh, Houston had this uh, offense called Quick Six, and they had these little speedy guys. I mean, they score six points. Well, in the first quarter, they are eating Spurrier alive. I mean – and, and I'm on the other side of the field, and I can hear Spurrier hollering at his secondary, move back. <laughs> you, hear him all, you can hear him all over the stadium. You can hear him, move back. You know? And then finally, you know, this third time, you go, move back, 
please. You know, I can hear it all over the place. And so, uh, so anyway, it, it, it's always the Spurrier is just a, a fine gentleman, uh, just just classic coach, you know. But um, the the one play that stands out in my mind is when uh, Houston had the ball and they're getting ready to score again, right for uh, right for halftime. And so it's on the eight yard line. So it, it's, it looks like it's, it's going to be a slam dunk, right? So Houston, first down, they try incomplete, you know. Okay. Second down, they get caught for holding. So they're back on the eight, they're 18. And so I'm going, okay. So they do it again, another incomplete. So now we got third down and goal from the 18. And they're in shotgun formation, you know. Well, nothing unusual about that, you know. That's, you got to score, you know. You got to get a point, you know. And if they don't get it, I'm sure they're going to do a field goal. But anyway, so. Unfortunately, things went bad right about then. After Hut won, the ball goes sailing over the quarterback's head about <laughs> 10 feet over his head. You oh, know? goodness. Well, if you know anything about shotgun formation, you have no help at all. You know, the quarterback's all by himself. And I remember that ball just start, you know, just traveling out there. <laughs> and I remember the Houston quarterback looking over his shoulder. And he saw five guys, defensive guys, coming after him. <laughs> well, he sizes it up real quick and goes, you know what? If I cover that ball, I'm going to get murdered. And, and probably if I don't recover it, they're taking off for six points. Nobody's going to stop them. So about the 35-yard line, he makes a business decision. He kicks the ball in the stands. <laughs> Just kicks no it. No kidding. Seven flags go up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't do that. Okay, here's the best line of the whole night. Okay, so uh, Brock – Bryles is over on the sideline. I've known Bryles many years. He, he's a classy guy. And so he comes over there. Hey, Dave, is this a misdemeanor or a felony? Oh. <laughs> I said, Coach, this is a felony. <laughs> he said, well, it, you know, the conversation starts. He's negotiating. He said, well, is it five? It's only five yards, isn't it? You know, no, no. <laughs> it's 15. 15? Uh, yeah, it's 15, Coach. And he says, oh, my. He said, well, you, you enforced that from the previous spot, right? <laughs> no, I, no. I said, Coach, uh, that's a spot foul. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, how can it get any worse? I said, well, there's one more. It's a loss of down. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is a felony, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, so he turns to his punting coach. And he didn't say a word after that. Turns to his punting coach. He said, well, he said, it's fourth down and from fourth down and fifty from to go fourth and go from the fifty. I'm sorry, and he says, "Tells his punting coach, you can't even punt for a first down." <laughs> so, what was the official call? Oh, the official call is uh, it's a illegal kick, okay. fifteen yards, spot foul, and loss of down. Wow! So you can see the intent. You know, yeah. he saved a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was a pretty smart play myself. That's <laughs> misdemeanor or felony. I'm going to be thinking that when I watch yeah. a referee throw a flag. <laughs> but, uh, but that that was uh, that was something else. That's Whoa. fantastic. And now, when you coached bowl games, you you went outside. Like typically, you would coach within a conference or a couple of conferences. But on bowl games, you covered. Yeah, you you definitely at a, in a bowl game, you don't ever cover your own conference. Okay, never. Okay. So you're always doing somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. somebody you don't know or haven't officiated in, you know, a long time or whatever. 
But, uh, yeah, you typically don't get those games at all, you know. I think at the time, yeah, I was in the WAC, and they were in a different conference, and it, it worked out. I just, I just have no brows from high school playoffs, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. he was, he was that good of a coach. Okay. Know? Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Now, was that a geography thing, or did you go a little bit of all over the place? Oh, when we went everywhere. Came bowl, okay. Everywhere. Okay. Uh, Hawaii, uh, Superdome. I mean, you went everywhere. Florida. I mean, it didn't matter. <laughs> I have to recount, but I. I think I did nine, yeah. I think yeah, nine bowl games. I think. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember them all, but they all run together after a while. That's how most officials are. They go, oh, they all run together after a while. The years run run together right. too. Absolutely, in towns and places and yeah. people, and of course, when you do it. So you were part of the same crew uh, for the for a large majority of the time. Oh yeah, especially absolutely. In college ball. Absolutely. Uh, and you were back judge, and then the head linesman is that right or yeah we you know you start out uh back judge and then you'd learn the line judge position and then that's pretty where you end up staying most of the time but yeah um every once in a while somebody gets hurt mm-hmm. and you got to change everything up mm-hmm. there was one game i had to go to referee I was no going, yeah i was oh. going well, i hope i remember all the enforcements <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go well, well speaking of that um I know sometimes in the middle of a game, emotions are are really tense. Did you ever have any confrontations with coaches? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of confrontations. But at the college level, uh, they kind of get somewhat involved. I think the one that stands out in my mind was the Kansas coach. Uh, We're in the second quarter of a bowl game, and uh, and he, he is just ballistic. And he's so mad, I can't even understand him. I was going, what? And I asked the assistant, what is he mad about? I, I don't, I can't understand him, you know? Oh, he's mad because uh, the, at the time, uh, the timers stayed on the field. They weren't in the box. I didn't, I didn't know. And the timers were in the wrong spot, you know? And he, he was complaining because they were in his way. I said, give me a second. Y'all move. Okay. <laughs> That's the end of the story. You know? So I thought, well, okay. Problem solved, right? No. He still should have done that sooner. Everybody, you know, and he's still mad about it. And I'm just going on and I'm going, okay. Well, this is one of the few times in my career I go, okay. I have now had enough. I have heard all I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I said, coach, you can keep talking. And I'll just keep throwing. I'm done. I fixed your problem and you're still mad about it. Drop it, you know. And I said, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm just going to flag you and I'm sorry. You know, that's it. And I said, we can keep talking or we can just try to get along the rest of the night. And boy, he just, he went, well, old buddy, why don't we just try to get along? <laughs> and his demeanor changed completely. I Not a word out of him the rest of the night. Not one word. So I, t- I give him credit for that. He, he managed mm. to control himself. And he said, okay, I, g- I got it. I got it. But anyway, that's one of the few times where I just, I'd had enough. I'd had enough. <laughs> and uh, he knew it too. He, he knew I wasn't, I wasn't just, I don't throw it. I didn't care. I just, mm. I've heard enough, you know. Now, were there coaches that weren't necessarily confrontational, but 
you knew from a week to week basis, if you encountered this guy, oh, I, it's going to be a constant conversation. You know, they, they just were constantly talking to you in your, even if it wasn't negative, they just, yeah. it was just a constant. Uh, you always, you always have the, uh, uh, the assistant coaches, no, they, they play good coach, bad coach, you know, you know, that's, you know, after you, after three years, you've heard every story, you know, you've heard every kind of thing to, to try to intimidate you, you know, and, uh, and you hear this one guy, he's a clip clip, you know, I'm going, there's no clip. Come on. Well, there's one game I was up in uh, Wiley, Texas. And, uh, this one loud voice was back there and I, man, I kept, you know, he'd holler clip, Holding, where is that voice? You know, and I couldn't find it. I, I said, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna talk to this guy because this is nonsense. I'm not putting up with this. So, uh, so about the middle of the second quarter, I go to the head referee. I shut the game down. I said, What's that? He said, You've had enough, hadn't you? I said, Yep, I've had enough. Whoever's over here, you know. So, so I go over there and I said, Who is in charge over here? Well, this little bitty wimpy guy steps out. Well, me. I went, yeah. Who is that voice? That's who I that's who I want to talk to. And this guy comes up back. That's me. You know, okay, <laughs> I found the guy. You in the stands. I've I don't want to hear you anymore. All you're doing is is messing things up. And I said, You said you can't do that. I just did. Bye. You know. Oh, you know, of course he's he's hollered from the stands anyway. It didn't matter. Well, little did I know that was the head coach <laughs> of the varsity. <laughs> of the varsity and little did he know that that was a thursday night and friday night i had his varsity game <laughs> on wait a minute on his sideline oh, no. i said oh i'm gonna love this i'm gonna love this so i told my big umpire i said look i want you to walk straight to that guy and i'm gonna be right behind him okay and as soon as you shake hands with me i'm gonna come out from behind you and shake hands with the coach. And I want you to remember the look on his face. So we were going out there creeping out there and he shakes hands with him. I came out behind there and he goes, Oh my God. <laughs> you. Yes, sir. I'm on your sideline tonight. And he says, Now all that last night, that's history. That's history. <laughs> right? Right. That's history. I can't remember his name now. And, and I kind of went, Okay, that's fine. So, uh, so we go over there and says, Coach, I just want you to talk in a, you know, calm manner. That's all I'm asking. I'll tell you what's going on and all that. So we're getting ready for the kickoff. You know, I do the standard. Everybody get back six feet, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and so the coach steps in. He says, everybody listen up. I want everybody back 12 feet. I don't want nobody <laughs> in the way. Nobody. And then I kind of like, you don't have to do that, but okay, that's fine, you know. He says, second thought, everybody on the track. He put them on the track. <laughs> and he says, don't say nothing to this man all night. Do you understand me? Nobody. Nobody talks to him. <laughs> oh, we, oh, my gosh. We had a great game. And, wow. uh, no problem at all. But Love that was that. the look on his face was classic. Love that story. <laughs> That's yeah. very funny. You got another story about a San Jose coach. Oh, Tell yes. Tell us a little, what happened. Well, there. let's see. We had a. I have several San Jose stories, but uh, here's here's one that stands out. There, I got two of them. Let's go to the first one. First one is uh, right before halftime. Seems like these things always happen right before halftime. <laughs> but uh, Nevada's getting ready to score again. Yeah, they're they're, they're killing San Jose, and uh, San Jose intercepts the ball in the end zone. So I'm like, 
that's on the other side of the field. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and he jukes and jaws and all, and all of a sudden he breaks loose. He's headed. Oh no. So now I know I can't outrun him. <laughs> I got to make it look good. I got to make it look good. Okay. And my buddy's over there. He, he can't keep up with him either. But about the 30 yard line, this uh, number six for San Jose, little secondary guy, he reaches back, does the taunting. Yeah, flag number one. My buddy got him. I said, Yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> I'm over. I'm on this sideline. I don't care. And then he uh, he comes around. He's still got the ball and he sees the uh, ESPN cameraman. So he takes his helmet off. And, he, he, can't, uh, do can't do that. My referee, uh, boom, that's two. <laughs> and I hear the San Jose coach, son, come here. Come here. Because <laughs> he's already ejected. He's gone. He knows he's gone. The coach knows he's gone. So I'm like, well, okay, uh, what are you going to do? So he comes trotting around. He, he knows he's in trouble. And so uh, I, I catch up with him about the 15-yard line, and I can hear the coach behind me, come here, son, come here. I can hear him hollering. And, uh, and uh, he looks at me. I said, son, give me the ball, you know. And he kind of, I said, no, give me the ball, you know. And he goes, not tonight. <laughs> Boom, throw it in the stands. No. <laughs> Boom, no. that's three. <laughs> That's three, 45 yards, 45 yards. So here's what's funny. Time has expired, okay? So we go to the Nevada coach. He says, Coach, uh, the touchdown counts in this, in the, with the current rules there at that time. And uh, we can penalize them 45 yards on the try, and they'll be trying it from the 48. And he says, okay. And then they said, or they're going to kick off. You can penalize them on the kickoff. He said, put it on the kickoff. And I went, no, okay, so bear with me on the math. So it's three 15 yarders. So 35 to the 20. So now you go half the distance, the 10, and half the distance again. They're five. kicking off from the five. My goodness. <laughs> I've never seen that. No, I haven't either. <laughs> and the Nevada coach just, yeah, uh, that San Jose coach will love that, won't he? <laughs> Can you imagine what the locker room was like for that guy going in? I oh. mean, you talking about going from the mountain mm. to the bottom of the pile, <laughs> and it was his own doing. <laughs> we had a, a later on a few years later after that out at San Jose again, and um, it's late in the game, and San Jose's behind. They're trying to trying to score, and uh, they're they come up, and they're trying to get a first down. It's fourth down, and they they come up about two feet short. Okay, and I mark it, and he screams and hollers, "That's a bad spot! That's a bad spot!" But the problem was, he came all the way out on the field. <laughs> I mean, to the hash marks. No kidding. Yeah, and we kind of went, "No, you can't do that." Boom, yeah. we we flagged him for that. Of course, it's he's he's done after that. It's fifteen yards, and mm. it's over. You know, so he went. Oh. So much to his credit, uh, classy guy. I wish I could remember his name now, but. He, he sent an apology text and said, I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. I know better. I'm, I'm embarrassed for my family and everything. We got, okay, good coach. We're fine. We have short memory. So, so three weeks later, I have, <laughs> I have San Jose again at La Tech. And San Jose is on my sidelines. And we're good. He's, he's, he shakes hands. He's like, look, I'm sorry about all that. I said, coach, don't worry about it anymore, you know. So, um the at the time the uh, La Tech coach was uh, was shall we say very vocal uh, 
he was he was known for having confrontations with the officials. So I'm out there watching, and there's something controversial happen, and there was a pass interference and a holding call. And anyway, we're getting down to about third and 35, you know, something like that. And so, so here's what happens. He calls timeout. And I'm over there watching. It's on the other sideline. I said, and the San Jose coach comes up behind me. I said, what's going on? I said, well, looks like La Tech coach wants to talk uh, to the head guy about something. And I don't know what, but, um, but coach, I'll see you later. He said, what? He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm going 15 this way. And he says, why? He said, because that's what's getting ready to happen. <laughs> sure enough, I, no more said that. Boom, there went the flag up, flagged the other La Tech coach. And so now it's like, what, third and 50 or something like that. And so here's what's funny. The, the uh, San Jose coach comes up behind me and says, sure is a lot better when it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what happens. Uh, so, you know, they all settle in. It's third and 50. And uh, – and I'll never forget this. The quarterback for La Tech comes out of the huddle, comes over to the guy in the white hat, the white, the, the hat that flagged him, and shakes hands with him out there in the middle of the field. And I went, what did he say? He, he thanked the referee for shutting him up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we've been trying to shut him up all year, and you finally did it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and now also at San Jose, uh, you had another game that ended up 133 points. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I call it the San Jose track meet. Uh, yeah. You, uh, did you, like, need, like, I was like therapy so, like, on your legs? I was never so tired in my life. So what we had was uh, San Jose and Rice. Okay, Rice is a running team, okay? San Jose is a passing team. So, oh, so this is during the days when Rice was running basically a, yeah. a wing tee kind yeah, of. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they were like, oh. So we're like, really? Okay. So the problem is neither team had a defense. They couldn't stop anybody. You know, the Rice would just run all over them. San Jose would come back, bombs away. And we're going back and forth and back and forth. And it's like halftime is 35-35. And we're, we're going – we're in the locker room going, is anybody punted yet? No. <laughs> no. Wow. No field goals, no punts, no nothing. We went, nobody, nothing. Yeah, that's right. So we come back out. We think, well, maybe – Surely the defense is adjusted by now. Nope. <laughs> they kept right on going. Here we go. And so it gets to like 70 to 63. And Rice has the wall. And we're like going, no, please don't go to overtime. And they throw a Hail Mary up. And the Rice guy has it in his hands and goes right through ball game, 70-63. And regardless and, of what team, you've never been more thankful. Right? Yeah, like, thank you. <laughs> Woo, that was I, I believe I looked it up. Here's the, the crazy stat. You always Sunday morning you get up and you look at the stats. You know, mm -hmm. you, and there were zero punts the whole game. No punters, a lot, none, none at all. No field goals, all touchdowns. Time of possession, Rice, 43 minutes. San Jose, 17 minutes. <laughs> 17 minutes. So they were just slinging the ball. Slinging the ball. Yeah. 70 points wow. in 17 minutes unbelievable and so so the next time i see that san jose coach a few games later i go hey coach what what was going on there that was like a basketball game buddy. <laughs> that was a basketball game. stop no nobody can stop anybody I said, yeah coach you're right about that, that is 
unbelievable. I don't seventy points in seventeen minutes. I don't think I've ever even heard of yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. At so, the time, it'd probably been broken by now. At the time, it was the highest score in NCAA uh, history for a regulation game. I'm sure it's been broken now, but but at that time, it was it was like seventeen hundred yards of offense. It was ridiculous, is what it was. But we were so tired. All three, all the whole crew said, "You know what? <laughs> we're we're not going anywhere tonight. We're going to bed." Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, it's probably one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the trainer. The hot tub. But David, I've heard you tell a story before that I find fascinating, and that's a game that you were officiating that ended in a brawl. Oh my goodness! Oh. And can you share a little bit Ooh. about that game? Yeah, uh, this was the classic. Uh, Cincinnati goes to visit Hawaii. So uh, we already know Cincinnati has got a reputation for playing rough. Okay, we know it. And, uh, and sure enough, they're right. They're, they're, they play rough. And we were, first half was okay, a few minor things going on. But something happened in the halftime. Cincinnati players came out just looking for blood. And <laughs> we penalized them 15 personal fouls in a row. It just, you know, and, and oh, yeah, man. and it was like, and they, they, they just, we just kept going, you know, and the yeah. coach is over. What are you doing? I said, coach, we, we, you got to stop them. Yes. I can't. And he said, I can't stop them. <laughs> I can't make them do anything. I said, well, okay. He said, just start throwing them out. I said, okay. Well, by the middle of the fourth quarter, we got rid of all the troublemakers. The game's going fine. I was going, well, okay. They did calm down. That's good. Great coach. Great job. So we get to the last uh, few seconds of the game, and Hawaii is on the five-yard line. They could score if they wanted to. So first down, they kneel. Second down, they take a knee. Third down, they take a knee. And all of a sudden, I'm waiting for the – neither team's calling timeout. So they, everybody wants to go home, you know. All of a sudden, the middle linebacker for Cincinnati leaps over the center and pops the quarterback in the mouth while he's on a knee. Oh my! No oh, the there was such a melee. You never seen anything like it. And all of a sudden, the players all got into it, and the clock kept winding. And when it got to zero zero, both benches empty. It's a brawl out there. So I, I you know, as a referee, you try to you're trying to stop it, you know. But after a while, somebody grabbed my arm. Oh, it's a police officer. He said, "You need to get out of here." <laughs> really? I, I mean, he said, we'll, be, we'll, we'll all be on suspension if you get hit. Okay, I, okay, I'm gone. So should I go? No, I'm going to watch this. So we went to the other end, end zone and watched. Oh, my goodness. Well, as you probably well know, Hawaii has um, a lot of Samoans, okay? Great linemen, great linemen. And so, uh, so you see a few Cincinnati guys take their helmets off, and they're using their helmets as weapons. There's only one problem. The Samoan takes the helmet away. Yeah. And now they're on the ground. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Now, get this. Most melees last three to four minutes. This one lasted 22 minutes. They had to bring the cops in to break it up. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't believe it till I saw it, but it made CNN news, if you can oh, wow. imagine that. Wow. <laughs> anyway, they showed all this melee going on. Now, now here's what's funny. So um, game's over, post-game, uh, I think Coach Jones, June Jones, he said, well, it's unfortunate that the game ended like that, but uh, 
you know, we were trying to do the right thing and, you know, but we won the game. He says, uh, just to show you that my heart is in the right place. Now, anytime a coach said his heart's in the right place, it's not in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) He said, we are going to invite Cincinnati to come back out here for the hula bowl. And we are sending an official invitation right now. You know, I thought, Oh my. Ooh. And you, your and first thought was, I'm not doing that game. <laughs> not me. So I think it, it was about 15 minutes later, the response came back. Thanks, but no thanks. Because no <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. He's going to turn the Samoans loose. Yeah. He was going to turn them loose. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that was the brawl. Oh, that, that was the biggest brawl I've ever seen. Well, David, there's so much more we want to talk to you about and cover, and and um, can we can we get you back for another episode? Oh yeah, because uh, I know there's some questions that some of our viewers have that we want to pose to you, and um, we want to hear more stories. In <laughs> fact, um, there's a great story about an LSU spring game, which is my favorite all-time story. I was that you say that's your free bird. We're waiting. We're holding so that. that is the free bird. So you got to come back and tell that All right. story. So, okay. Um, you, thank you so much for well, even though I don't trust you guys' judgment, but uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll take it under advisement. But yes, I'll be back. Awesome. So, Darren, you want to close us out telling all our listeners how to connect with us? Yeah, absolutely. The big thing is we've we've started to make sure that we always, uh, in our show notes, that we include our link tree uh, at the bottom of that. And you can click on that. It'll take you straight to link tree. And you can click on a link to email us. You can click on a link to get to our Twitter account. You can click on a link to get to our blog. You know, and when we get more into season, start having tailgate recipes and stuff, we'll have all of that. So you're you're literally now scroll down to the bottom of the show notes. You're one click away from anything that we do uh, and be sure and do that. And also, as we we'd like to, to ask you guys at the end of uh, or toward the end of, of each week, you know, take a moment, whether it be Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, whatever it is, um, Take a moment, give us a review, uh, and 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 uh, also a rating, and we appreciate that. That helps us get get in those different charts and, and lists and all that kind of stuff. That that expands the amount of people that we have that are part of the conversation with us every single week. So we we sure would appreciate it if you take the time to do that as well. Yeah, please do. Please do connect with us. Remember, new episodes drop every Tuesday at six a.m. Available on. All your favorite podcast platforms, of course, you can listen at any time. You don't have to wake up at 6 to listen. So until next Tuesday, y'all take care. Have a great week.